This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Shalom Aleichem. This is being brought to you by Rabbi Yehuda Shane, the administrator of Kashrus Anytime, which is a division of the Kosher Consumers Union, a 501c3 organization. We've seen many advertisements, etc., in the, regarding the so-called kosher cruises. The biggest one around is called kosher Rica cruises, as if they they portray themselves at least that it's really being kosher cruises. We doubt it, and not only we doubt it, uh, we'll explain a little bit of what's going on on those kosher cruises, and uh, let's see if anybody feels that there's any justification to be able to go on those cruises, etc., etc., what are they, what might they be violating? Is the gullible kosher consumer being taken for a ride or to the cleaners, perhaps? Check it out yourself. When one advertises a glot kosher cruise, is that sufficient to join without any verification? Is the fact that there were popular rabbis, chazanim, scholars, and residents any level of comfort as far as kosher's reliability is concerned? Did any one of them check out the level of kosher's that was acceptable, whether the chazonim, whether the scholars and residents, etc.? Is any one of them capable to check out the kosher's level? We are talking about cruise liners that have 2,500 to 6,000 guests, a crew of some 1,500 people, 10 stories high, with some 50 to 300 kosher guests among the other four, five, six thousand people. For starters, a kosher certifier would need a very large crew of mashgichim for these cruises, not just two. We question if it could be done at all. Sometimes there are things that are just plain not doable. We found that there's a number of uh, younger like from Lakewood that join up with those cruises. They even have some people from here that are chazanim on the cruises, etc., etc. But that really doesn't give any justification to what's really going on. You know that they, what they have over there, they can't have any fire. Everything is done by electric. They, at a constant back and forth, they'll kosher a griddle with hot water only. Even if it's a ben yoyma, even if it's dirty, etc., etc. A griddle needs a liban chomer, but they don't have that. And they'll go from treif, they'll go from meat, they go to dairy, completely without any qualms or anything else like it. They'll use steam kettles that use the same boiler and the same steam that's cooking also non-kosher. That steam becomes non-kosher even though it doesn't physically touch the food. But because there's, the chefs over there work side by side in the trade kitchen and the so-called kosher part of the table that they're using with some minimal barrier, if any. We've had somebody that took a trip on, on the, one of these uh, kosher rica ones. By the way, the one that so-called certifies the kosher rica uh, for kosherous purposes, basically, is I believe he's the brother-in-law of the one that runs the cruises. You can imagine already what goes on over there. Is they're very, one thing is they're very nizaratilis yadayim. You know why? Because as the saying goes, one hand washes the other. 
as this person who's a professional uh, caterer, catering line, and um, he was observing what was going on over there in the kitchen he was in there, he said that, he told me that the Mashgichim don't have a handle what's going on. Every time that they have to bring something because your refrigerators and your storage areas are located on different floors of the ship. And um, the guy comes down and he says, yeah, I got this from over here, I got this from over there, and this was from here. With, you know, when you open up a box of meat and you have it, you have it in the meat, and he says, yeah, I got it out of your box that was up over there. You did get it, you didn't get it, this and that. There isn't enough people and there isn't enough strength from the Mashgicham to be able to really control it. And the kosher tours, whether it's kosher Rico or one of the other ones, will never ever allow uh, one of the customers that's on there from the kosher one to ever walk into the kitchen. It's a complete, complete cut off thing. They'll say it's insurance, whatever else it is. It's all based on you shouldn't pick up that it's literally impossible. Then they have the doom that but they got they gotta give you fresh bread or whatever else it is. And the guy says, Yeah, I made this in this oven, I made it in this oven, I took it out, I first made the kosher, and then I made the other ones and I put it in. I didn't take it, put it in with it. He as a professional, he spent basically whatever it was, four or five days. He says that when he got onto the boat, it was very interesting. He asked the Mashgir, he was on the boat before the Mashgir when it came into port. They usually when they come into port, they only stayed there for a couple of hours. And then they fill up the ship and, they, and they're and they gone. You're talking about a half a day. It isn't possible for them to kasha. So the mashgich says, no, what we had was we had a mashgich that was on, coming on the way back. And he kashed from the last port to here he kashed. Because a lot of the equipment had on there little stickers that was put on there that, the, that the, these things are kosher. It doesn't have to be kosher. But he spoke to the people that were there on the boat beforehand, this, this caterer. And they told him there was nobody that kashed or anything, just the, the regular gun, they just cleaned up the place, nothing was kashed, etc., etc. Now, if you have, as I was addressing, the boil or whatever else it is with the steam kettles, and they have the steam returning steam, even though it doesn't physically touch the thing, but when the steam turns into condensate, it does take the bouillis from the trefer pots, pots, and you use that to cook the kosher ones. So then the kosher ones become treif as well. So you don't really have anything that's there. I've uh, written to a number of the rabbis that attended those kind of things in some of the Chazanim. Some didn't bother responding. And some said, what do you think? That they're giving us non-kosher? They are. So I asked, you know, there was a number of them that I saw on there, like Rabbi Wild, Schneier, Riskin, Ear, Herring, Lipska. They're all basically OU-affiliated rabbis. And I asked them, does the OU allow this type of scandal? Why don't you take one time? either that the OU should send down some of their professionals in food service, spend a couple of days on the ship, about that they'll have to bring along their own food because they'll realize right away they can't eat anything on the boat, and let them give you in a report if there's any way of making this kosher. Just because the, the kosher or one of these other um, fraudulent um, uh, kosher cruisers is giving you a free trip on there in order to publicize your name, etc., etc., you know, that is not a way of basically living in society over here, and being machshul so many, so many other people. Yeah, no, same boat, you have the famous Chazanim, Chazan Adler, Avram Fried, Helfgott, Lerner, Miller, Lipa Schmelzer, Starf, Flom from Lakewood, they all, did they, did they ever ask that a reliable Kashrus organization as the OU should run the Kashrus, not that they should be the guy's brother-in-law or anything else like it? You know, I'm not going to get in, you know, we know that a number of years ago we previously discussed 
the the scandal that happened at the Star K cruise in in Baltimore many years ago. Because what happened was over there, they gave Ashgacha the caterer that ran kosher or non-kosher, which basically was a takana bagudus rabbanon for many years ago. You can't give Ashgacha to anybody that's running kosher or non-kosher. Actually, but they gave Ashgacha. And that good Sarabon called down to Star K to discuss and hear answers and this and that. They kept on pushing them off, Heinz Morgan, 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 whatever else it is. And they, they never responded back to it because there was no answers to it. But I think if anybody wants, basically, it's the OU should stand up. A lot of that people are over there. They have qualified people to be able to set it up right or not set it up at all. You know, it's interesting. You don't find any hotels for Pesach that are under the OU. Is it because there isn't any money over there? No, there's money. They're also looking to get that. But the the, the OU comes in with the people that are familiar with the, with with the food service, and they say this is our guidelines A B C D. This is what it is. And if you can't comply with it, we don't give. And evidently, it seems that the all the other hotels are basically getting uh, whatever you call it. You want to call it the best money. Uh, cash risk that that can be bought, okay, but Levi said they're not giving, and I don't see them giving over here, and I think that people should make a big tararam that they're not going to go on these trefer so-called kosher cruises unless they have a qualified hashgacha agency that's taking responsibility, not a brother-in-law of the guy. There are so many different halachas that you must consider when you go on to these things, besides the cash part of it, which I don't think it's a doable thing at all. Yotzniyas Things over there, over what you see over there, especially when they're going to, to these places over there in, in warm weather, wherever else it is, it's impossible for somebody to be nizzard and shmir and say, nah, it's just literally impossible. And what goes on by the pools, by all these other places, and walking around the place. Then you have the problems with electric doors. Not only electric doors, they have security. If you go up by a port and you come back on, there's, there's your things over there. Then when you, you can't get back onto the boat unless you have your, um, your boarding pass. And you have your boarding pass, basically, you will never have in any of the ports that there's an Arab that goes till there that you could really carry your boarding pass out. So, I mean, the, the question is just how many Asurim are you going to be over on over here? I think, you know, it's, it's basically, it's one of the most dangerous things for a person to go on to that kind of thing. And uh, uh, impossible, literally. There's one of the cruisers now advertised. That they'll give you these, uh, well, you know, like the airline meals, they have these prepackaged meals, and they'll heat it up in the microwave. So you have to make sure, first of all, that it is double wrapped. Many of these double wrapped things, which we've seen, and we know the part of the cautious organizations and those caterers that are making it, when they put it into the microwave, if they put it a little bit of high temperature, uh, or whatever else it is, in order to make it in a shorter period of time, the one or both of the seals open up, and basically you can't eat it. But a guy figures, you know, I'm in a boat, you know, I have nothing else what to eat, and I'll eat it, you know, but it doesn't go that way. So then that same, uh, I think it was a Norwegian um, uh, ship company, they advertise now that if it's a bigger group of people, they'll be able to arrange that there should be um, food for them also. If they only have the prepackaged things, how are they going to arrange that? That means they're going to open up the packages, they're going to have it out, and they're going to lay it out. It's just, the scandal is just so big, it's mind-boggling.